welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Let's turn in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. And the reason we're going to go here, for time's sake, is because one of the scriptures that we're going to begin this message with this morning, we've already read during the offering. So, the title of this message today is, Why You Should Not Quit. Why You Should Reconsider. (laughs) Right? Um, You know, there's a lot of people thinking about quitting every day. I mean, it's amazing what people quit over these days. I mean, I think sometimes we need to go back to Bible Day uh, standards and backbone and, and just yes. just decide, you know, we're not going to quit. But it's tough. Well, so what? Grow up. <laughs> oh, man, I already started. Some sermon just started. <clears throat> you know, one time I was crying out to the Lord for some problems that were in my life, some things I was trying to overcome. And I said, oh, God, and I, just, I just believe in your help and your power. And the Lord says, son, just grow up and you won't have that problem anymore. Amen. You see, I wanted a quick prayer. Just pray for me. Just, just pray for me and everything will be all right. No, everything's not going to be all right if you're not growing up. There, there's, a, there's a sermon that I'm going to teach one of these days. Uh, Carla cautioned me to watch out and be cautioned when I teach it. Um, but it's entitled, Deliverance Through Growing Up. Pastor, I'm just struggling with this thing. I've been struggling with this problem. I've been struggling with this fleshly sin. I've been struggling with this thing for 10 years. My answer to you is, grow up and stop it. (laughs) That went over really good. Like a lead balloon, man. Just pop. So, I mean, that's some of the best advice you'll ever hear. Pastor, I'm just struggling with this sin. I just, this thing, I keep doing it over and over again. I just, I just, I just, I, I, I don't want it, but I do. I want it. I just don't, what should I do? What should I do? Grow up and stop it. Right. That's good. Because mm-hmm. even, even if it was a demon, and I cast it off of you, and if you don't change your lifestyle and grow up, it'll come back with seven more spirits more wicked than itself. Yeah. And the last day, of your, that man will be worse than the first. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, grow up and stop it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That was mean. That was mean. Turn to your, turn to your neighbor and say he's talking about you. That, <laughs> that's even worse, man. That's awful. <laughs> Hebrews 12. So, so we're going to talk about why you shouldn't quit. You know, we just found out right during the offering. One reason why you shouldn't quit is because a major harvest of good is coming your way if you don't quit. If you don't quit, if you don't give up, you're going to see the blessings of God manifest in your life. And you're going to go at the end of this, you're going to go, man, am I glad I didn't quit. Glory to God, I didn't yield to those temptations to, to quit and give up. And so we'll talk about some specific areas here in a minute, but let's go to the scripture. So in Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 1 through 3, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we, church, are also encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, talking about men and women of faith who have died, went to heaven, and are looking over the grandstands at our, our race down here. He says, just remember, all these people are cheering you on. 
David, Moses, your loved ones that are in heaven. He said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Now stop for a second. We know what sin is. What's a weight? What's a weight to you may not be a weight to them. What's a weight to her may not be a weight to her. What's a weight to me, but you know what the weights are. Things that are slowing you down in your progress in God. Things that are causing you to drag your feet. You're just not getting done what you know the Lord wants you to get done. You don't just get the sin out. If you really want to see your Christian life flourish, you've got to get the weights out. Yeah. He said, lay aside. And got, don't just say, oh God, take this away from me. Take, the, take these cigarettes away from me. He don't smoke. Why would he take them? You're going to have to lay it aside. Right? <laughs> lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily trip us up. So if you're struggling with sins, struggling with weights, struggling with problems, you know, kind of like, I don't know if I'll ever get free. What do you do? Well... You know, you're really blowing it. You know, you're really messing up bad. I mean, you got these sins in your life. you got these weights in your life. And the Bible says, lay those, lay those sins and weights aside and then do four months penance and go see five counselors, take three years off, try to heal up. No, get back in the race. Run, run, run. Yes. What did he say? You struggling with all this stuff? Yeah, you struggle. Well, the devil wants you to quit. Or if, he wants you to take such a long pause that you lose your fire for God and never do what you're originally called to do. He said, if you've got problems in this area, lay them aside and run. Amen. Run. Get on the ball. Don't wallow in guilt. Don't wallow in shame. Run. Yeah, yeah but people aren't going to trust me. God will approve of you. Amen. Doesn't matter what people think. You know, I, I was going through stuff years ago, and I remember I was thinking, you know, golly, Lord. And the Lord said, you got to watch out about listening to men what you should do. After certain episodes or mistakes in your life. Because a lot of men will talk you out of your calling because of your sins or your mistakes. Because you can't do that anymore. You're disqualified. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. You might as well just get under the bed and hide. The devil says. And the Lord said, son, he told me, he said, son, don't let any man take your crown. Don't let any man talk you out of your calling. They didn't call you, I did. And if I'm not telling you to step down, don't step down. How many think King David, I mean, let's say King David was alive today, right? All right, the guy's king and, you know, just, you know, doing his best to be the king of Israel, man after God's own heart. Well, one day he makes a really big mistake. He decides to call a woman into the castle that he's not married to, sleep with her, get her pregnant, find out she's pregnant, kills her husband who's serving David as a mighty man on the front lines. Yep. How many think if he was here today, we'd go, dude... Get out of the ministry. Right. Sit your behind down. Amen. You are disqualified. Caprendo, you are out of here. Right. <laughs> Very interesting thing. David never stepped down. Right. Let me tell you why he didn't step down. Some people need to hear this that are watching right now. You know why you don't step down? Because if the Lord called you and you step down, you're in another sin. Right. Now listen closely. There's, a, there's such a, a truth called the blood of Jesus washes away all of our sins. Yes. Listen to this. 
there, there's some people, see, I, I've been restored from some things. You've been restored from some things. And, and, and there's some people, you need to listen to this. You, you don't get restored until you repent. Acknowledge. Fess up. Quit hiding. Some people say, well, I, you know, I know Pastor John's messed up. I guess I'll just kind of do the same thing because, you know, he's doing okay right now. I repented, did you? Because if I hadn't repented, I'd been gone. Mentally, spiritually, physically gone. Well, Pastor John didn't get, you know, King David didn't, didn't die young. He, he repented. Don't think you can look at somebody who's been restored and think you can get away with the sins they got away with. Because if you don't repent, you're a goner. Yes. Eventually, you're going to be gone and it won't be God's fault. You'll open the door to the devil and he will attack your brain and your mind and you'll backslide. Yes. Yeah. Key word. Did you repent? Yes, he can restore. Yes, he can lift you up. Yes, he can make all things new. But that's only if you repent. You can't use somebody else's sin and them doing well today as an excuse for you to sin. That will destroy you. Maybe slowly, but surely. You got to repent. I remember one time I was reading the Old Testament, all these scriptures about judgment. You know, people being destroyed, the angel of the Lord smiting this and, and, and this over here and plagues and diseases and, and battles that were lost and, and people that were destroyed time after time. I mean, just terrible destruction, judgment of God in that area of judging sin. And I said, Lord, your love, what's all this about? He said, well, son, you open the door to the devil, he'll come in. Has nothing to do with what I want. You have a free will. You can open the door to me and I'll come in, or you can open the door to the devil and he'll come in. And the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I was reading that one day, and the Lord said, Son, did you ever notice all these scriptures on judgment, all these scriptures, all these bad things happening, they only happen to people who didn't repent. That'll set you free. They only happen to people who didn't repent. What do you mean repent? You know, spit out pride, admit you blew it. If you hurt somebody, tell them you're sorry. That's right. Right? You know, sometimes you see people with pride, they look so strong, but how weak they are. Not even enough courage to be honest. It takes courage to be honest. It takes a strength and a maturity to tell your wife you've been doing some things on the internet you shouldn't be doing. That takes a man to tell their spouse, I've been flirting with somebody and I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Or vice versa, the wife, the husband. Huh? It's tough to do that. But if you really want to be free and get the full mercy of God, you have to be truthful. The Bible says mercy. See that mercy right there? That'll save your life from things you deserve to die of. That'll save save you from punishment you deserve. Mercy is everything you've ever wanted and ever needed. But you know what the Bible says? Mercy and truth meet together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. How do you meet mercy? By pretending? Hiding? Mercy and truth meet together.
I know some people take this way out of proportion. They think, well, I guess if I'm being honest, I've got to tell the whole world all my sins. No, that's ridiculous. The Bible says confess your sins one to another. Now, God, for sure. And there may be at times you have to talk to somebody else about it. And, you know, we're living in a time right now, there, there's so much, so much secret sin going on. You know, why, you know why it's so hard for some people to repent from secret sins? Because they think they're the only one going through it. If I told you the, the percent of men today in the church that struggle with pornography, you would freak out. Now, just hearing that hopefully brings you a degree of freedom to realize you ain't the only one. Right? One of the reasons people struggle so much with these things because they're trying to overcome on their own. I know we have Blaine Bartel here. I mean, great friend of ours. He's, he's been... Th <laughs> he has been through A to Z in this area of... Um, whatever you want to call it, porn and uh, prostitution, all the whole, I mean, I mean, just A to Z when he was in Dallas there as a minister, pastor, very successful church. And I mean, he just, he was just caught in the dark underworld of Dallas, Texas. And he got delivered. And I think somebody, you were telling me just the other day, somebody was posting something about Blaine. Yeah, well, Blaine Bartell did this, and, and Blaine Bartell did that with women, and did this with other women, and did this with porn, and did this over here, and did this over here, and did this over here. And somebody said, hey, Blaine, did you see what they wrote about you? They're slamming you, man. Hey, Blaine, look all this stuff they wrote about you. And Blaine said, they don't know the half of it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know the half of it. And so he writes this book on, uh, what is it, um, Be Behind the Lies, or what is it? Beyond the Lies. Beyond the Lies. Great book if you're struggling in this area. I mean, it's very, very honest. <laughs> He's one of the most honest people I know now. He used to be the greatest hider, you know, secrets and all. He kept secrets from his wife, kept secrets from his elders in the Lord, just, just living the secret. Now he's the most honest person. Sometimes like, he's so honest, like, yikes, turn it down, man. We don't need to know all those details. <laughs> but he's got a ministry, working, helping pastors and men all over. Just wonderful. And so I said all that to say this. This scripture talks about laying stuff aside and getting back up and running your race. Do what after you, what, after, what do you do after you lay it aside? Well, you go through five, five years of intense counseling with the best psychiatrist you can find. Nothing wrong with getting some counsel, nothing wrong with talking to some people, but this scripture says you better get running on your mind pretty quick because life's short. Amen. A few more clicks, we're all out of here. If you're going to do anything for the Lord, you better do it now. So I wanted to show you this because he didn't say, he didn't say kick back, you know, get back in the race is what he's saying. He didn't say kick back, he said get back. Get back in the race. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10 and say this. It ain't over yet. <laughs> what do you mean? Twofold, right? Number one, if you think you're getting away with sin, it ain't over yet. Right, that's true. You need to repent. You know, I, I quoted this scripture. It's in Ecclesiastes. I'm going to quote it again. It's just so... The Bible says in Timothy, some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment. Other men's sins, they follow after. 
And Ecclesiastes says, if sentence against an evil work, no, he says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, you know, something bad don't happen immediately, therefore the hearts and the sons of men is set in them to do evil because they don't see an immediate destruction. They don't see any immediate negative results. <laughs> and you just need to remember this phrase, it ain't over yet. You need to get that under the blood. You need to repent. You need to get that right. Get right with any person you need to get right with. Get it under the blood because sentence against an evil work will happen, but it doesn't happen speedily. So just get it cleaned up. Get it taken care of. Get guilt off your mind and trust the blood of Jesus to cleanse you, and he will. But if you're doing good, if you're moving forward and you're putting one foot in front of the other and you're not quitting when you feel like quitting and you're not giving up when you feel like giving up and you're willing to give it another shot even though your spouse did something that scripturally says you can get out of your marriage for. If you just have this attitude, I'm not going to quit, you need to hear this. If it don't look like anything good's happening but you're doing all the good you know to do, it ain't right. over yet. Good's on the way. You're going to be so glad. You stuck with it. You know, there's a lot of people giving up on marriage. Hi, uh, whew. You know, when I think about marriage, and we'll read the scripture here too, but when I think about quitting a marriage, did you know just because you have a scriptural reason to get out of a marriage doesn't mean that's the best for you? What should you do? Well, number one, pray. Talk to your spouse. Hear from God because it may be better to get restoration in that marriage than to just start all over again. Because there is such a thing as mercy and forgiveness and miracles. Hmm? I remember the Lord said, I think it was in Hosea, the, the Lord said, Oh Israel, oh Israel, you played the harlot on every mountain in Israel, but I'll not divorce you. Well, that's God. You're His child. There's some of that in you. That's right. You should talk to the Lord about it. I said, you should talk to the Lord about it because there may be restoration. Yes. Yeah. Just because you have a scriptural right to get out doesn't mean it's the best thing for you. But then we've got people quitting their marriage because their spouse isn't making them happy. Hey, if I didn't walk in love, I'd slap them. It's like, what in the... What? You don't always do what you feel like doing because you could get in big trouble. You're getting out of your marriage because you're, they're not making you happy. Jesus said, if you do the things I tell you, you'll happy are you. Why are you trying to get happiness out of your spouse? They're not God. You get your happiness from the Lord. You get some fringe benefits from people around you. But are you, if you're looking to a person like they're God, that's your fault you go down when they don't do right. Oh, church, listen. It's so sad. It's so sad. And you know, there is restoration. There is forgiveness. There is bright future no matter what you... Now, when it comes to physical abuse and things like that, get out. Have enough sense to protect yourself in the temple of God. Get your kids out of that mess. I guess if they really repent and God says they're trustworthy again, then maybe there's even hope in that area. I don't know. But, you know, you just think about what... Now, you look at statistics. Take the marriage area, quitting a marriage. You look at statistics out there and, and you see, you know, well, you know, 
gosh, 60% of families or 70% of the families now are broken families and, you know, and, and my kids will be okay because other kids are okay and, you know, and, and I really like this other person more than my spouse and I, I just, I just, I, I just, I just, I just see a dream. I, I see, it feels so right. It feels so right. How many know it can feel so right and take you to hell, right? <laughs> Just because it feels right. You better have more than feels right before you give your life to a certain thing or person. And so, and so they're, they're thinking, oh, you know, this will be okay. My kids will be all right. My, kids, kids don't understand statistics. Last I heard, the greatest fear in children is that their parents get a divorce. So maybe we should think about that when we're pulled and tempted to go a different direction. Maybe think about the little ones, right? Well, no, they'll be okay. Well, kids don't understand statistics. They just understand that if my mommy and daddy divorce, it's going to damage them. If that has happened and you turn to the Lord, he will bring supernatural healing to you and the kids. Praise the Lord. But I was, I was um, thinking of a scripture. You know, the Bible says a fool's eyes are on the ends of the earth. What's out there? And the adulteress hunts for the precious life. Solomon said. A fool's eyes are on the ends of the earth. And the adulteress hunts for the precious life. I'm not, this isn't precious anymore. I'm going to go over here. What's going on? It's, it's like an adulterous spirit. Got to have the precious life. What about your babies? What about your children? Yeah, but you know, I've been through a lot in my life and, and God understands and, and you know, He knows I've been abused as a child. Why do you want to do a, commit another sin on top of that? Some of these things are explanations, but they're no excuses. And you almost got to just say, you know, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to talk to the Lord about this. Now, if He tells you to quit, that's a whole other deal. But he'll have scriptural reasons for it. And he'll know that the person you're maybe thinking about staying with hasn't truly repented. And if you've been on the area of doing the wrong, <laughs> you know, there's a reason why your spouse wants a divorce. And you have repented. And you have asked for forgiveness. Don't rush the spouse to trust you again. God will tell them when you're trustworthy again. Does it feel like you're in a counseling session today? Hey, we're not charging. That's a good thing. So Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm going to read you verse 35 through 39 out of the J.B. Phillips translation. Hebrews 10, 35. You can turn there in whatever translation you have. But in the J.B. Phillips, let me tell you what Paul said in the Hebrews again. He said, quote, this is the Bible. Christian, don't throw away your trust now. It carries with it a rich reward and in the world to come. Patient endurance is what you need if after doing God's will, you are to receive what he has promised. For yet a little while and he who is coming will come and he will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, God said, my soul has no pleasure in him. Surely we are not going to be men who cower back and are lost, but men who maintain their faith until the salvation of their souls is complete. Do you have the Amplified Classic? Let's, let's put that in the Amplified Classic, verse 35 and 36. Paul said, now this is, this is um, 
a more modern translation, but it gives us more meaning. It says, to, to you, Christian, don't therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Next verse. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full. You can enjoy some, but if you want to enjoy to the full, you can't quit. I said, you can't quit. A joy to the full, what is promised. So, so what he's telling us here, again, just, just think about this. Why say, don't cast away your confidence, if you're not going to be pressured to cast away your confidence? You know, what you used to believe was God's will. What you used to believe was real. Huh? Do you realize the devil is going to put pressure on you to stop doing what the Lord told you originally to do? To break the commitment where you originally committed? Do you know the enemy is going to put pressure? Really, if you think about it, guys, if you think about it, let's say you had struggles for 60 years in your marriage. If you didn't quit, and if you didn't quit, that's like a puff of vapor compared to eternity. Yeah. I struggled for 60 years. That's the shortest thing you'll ever do. What we need to be thinking about is what our commitments in this life are going to mean in the next life. Yeah, just 60 years, it's just, I don't know if I want to go through that with this person. Well, if you don't have any scriptural reason to get out, and it's just that you're not happy, or just a few things you don't want to work through, I suggest stick with it, because the rewards will blow you away. And here's the thing, too. There's times people have gotten divorced. Obviously, there's people in this room that's gotten divorced. There's people that have quit this and quit that. Well, here's the good news about that. You can start afresh. You can learn from your mistakes. Right? You can move forward with a fresh beginning. And just remember this sermon. Then some people, well, Pastor, I'm strong and, and I'm doing great. And Well, give it another decade or so. You're going to feel like quitting something. You're going to feel like bailing out in something. And when that happens, remember this message. Go back in the archives. If we haven't been raptured, if we have, <laughs> check it out and get some strength. <laughs> so let me read this out of the Living Bible. God says to every one of us, Don't let this happy trust in the Lord die away. No matter what happens, remember your reward. No matter what happens, remember your reward. You need to keep on patiently doing God's will if you want Him to do for you all that He has promised. His coming will not be delayed much longer. All those whose faith has made them good in God's sight must live by faith, trusting Him in everything. Otherwise, if they shrink back, God will have no pleasure in them. Wow, wow, wow. Do you have the message translation? Let's look at the message translation in these verses here. Hebrews 10 and um, whatever the verses were, 35 through 39, I think. So the message translation says, can you make it a little bigger than that? I guess that's all we got, huh? Um, okay, so that's a, that's a lot more verses than we need. Let's see, let's break down into...
So the message says, so don't throw it all away now. Say, I'm not going to throw it all away. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy, God said. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we are not quitters who lose out. We are not quitters who lose out. Do you see that? Oh no, we'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. So, why should we not quit? Because there's a big reward coming for overcomers. I'm, we're talking in this life some, but in the life to come, oh my goodness. What, what are some of the rewards to the believers who overcome and don't quit and keep moving forward? What, what's some of the rewards? Well, how about this one? Jesus said, I will grant you to sit with me in my throne as my Father has granted me permission to sit with him in his throne if you overcome. Right? One, one, one of the rewards is I'm going to give you a stone that has a name on it that no one knows except me and you. A little secret between you and Jesus. The Bible says if you overcome, the Bible says, you'll be a, a pillar in the temple of my God. That doesn't mean you're going to turn into a marble pillar. It means you're going to be a strong, authoritative figure in the kingdom of God in the next life. Right? The Bible says if you overcome, you'll not be hurt of the second death. The Bible says if you overcome, all these amazing rewards for people who didn't quit. I want to say it again. All your mess-ups cannot keep you from these rewards and God's best, but quitting can. Hmm? Now, do you understand? Okay, so I, I realize I said some powerful, punchy things right now, but here's the real punchy one. No, okay. Um, seriously, um, if you, I've gone through stuff. I didn't finish some things I started in my life. Anybody, anybody else besides me, or should I just go run and hide? <laughs> Lord, there's some things I didn't finish. There's some commitments I've broken. There's some things I didn't do. Some, some sad reality is some of those opportunities might not ever come back. But it doesn't mean you can't fulfill the will of God for your life. Carla taught a message not too long ago on what happens if plan A doesn't happen. Well, then you ask God to make plan B better than plan A. What if plan B doesn't work? Then you ask God and pray and believe for plan C to be better than both plan A and B put together. You just don't quit. You don't quit. I mean, you could, I mean, think about God, plan A, right? I'm going to create a family, man, and they're going to love me, and I'm going to share the universe with them. And man, the first man he creates sins and blows it. Plan A gone. <laughs> plan A over. What's God going to do? I don't know what I'm going to No, he said, ah, we'll just make plan B better than plan A. Oh, I like that. Well, I'm too old. I don't have time to see these great things happen. I've made too many mistakes. All right, just listen to this. Moses commits murder, gets exiled because of it. 
banished from the kingdom, no longer the son of Pharaoh's daughter, out of Egypt, out of the palace, in the desert, where holy men are purged. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little inside joke. I don't know if Galio's listening right now, but anyway. So, he's banished, right? And another 40 years goes by, and now he's 80 years old. And instead of looking for a cane, he starts his calling. 80 years old. 80 years old, after killing a man, it wasn't even self-defense, got banished to the wilderness. I'm sure he had a million thoughts. It's over, dude. God's going to find somebody else. It's over, man. You're 80 years old. Look at the, your beard's turned white, everything. You're, you're, you're just, just give it up, man. He said no. <laughs> right? And he talked to God, and God said, I want you to go deliver the children of Israel. And Moses tried to get out of it. He said, well, Lord, I can't talk real well, and you know, I'm, you know, I, just, I don't speak real good. And why don't you mention the fact that I'm 80 years old, and you want me to start my ministry at 80 years old? And God said, yeah, I do. Get up and go, and get Aaron. He'll help you. And so he went, and he delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt at 80 years old. Lived another 40 years, had an amazing life, and was taken up to heaven. Amen. wonder what would happen if he would have quit. Boy, it would be a weird world today if it wasn't Moses that did that. You know what I mean? What if it was Gerald? Huh? This doesn't sound right. should have been Moses! <laughs> I can say that because my middle name is Gerald. Um, so, now think about Caleb. Think about Caleb. All right. Moses and Joshua said, Caleb, you stick with us. You, you keep going forward. You resist the temptations that all these other million people are falling for. And uh, you're going to have some land in this promised land. And it's going to be great. And it's going to be milk and honey and all these great things. It's going to be wonderful. Forty years goes by. He's now 80. Forty years. Caleb's 80. No promise. Leaders are flaking out. Miriam's flaking out. Aaron's flaking out. Building a golden God. Moses committed some sins. Uh, things are not going right. Man, is there ever time to bail a church? It would have been a long time ago. Caleb stuck with it. He stuck with it through leadership problems. He stuck with it through congregation problems. He stuck with it through famine and, and all kinds of... He stuck with it and he got to be 80 years old. Joshua finally got him over to the promised land. And Caleb said, I'm 80 years old, Joshua. Where's my promise? And Joshua said, that mountain is yours. You go take it. Joshua said, I'm 80 years old. And I'm as strong as I was when I was 40. See what no, not quitting will do for you? Not quitting will keep you healthy. And he took his mountain at 80 years old. He said, I'm as strong at 80 as I was at 40. Giving up saps you. So I think about that. And I think about Paul, the apostle. Right? I mean... <laughs> I mean, miracles are happening in this guy's life. Powerful things are happening. Paul the Apostle is writing two-thirds of the New Testament. He didn't even know he was writing it at that time, that it would be New Testament. Writing letters, and God's using him. And he's like, he's like at the end of his life, and he said, Cretans took off, uh, Dal Dalmatia, and, and so-and-so went to Thessalonica, and uh, it, oh, it said, uh, Demas has forsaken me, lo having loved this present world, and and Paul, the apostle, at the end of his life goes, only Luke is with me. He said, no man stood with me. All men forsook me. But the Lord stood with me. And he made me stand. And he delivered me from the mouth of the lion. I mean, you talk about somebody who maybe would want to quit, right, Joe? Beat with rods. Whipped severely. 
a night and the day in the deep. Perils among robbers, perils among my own countrymen, perils among false brethren, cares of all the churches, a night and the day in the deep, in deaths often. Ah, forget this Christianity stuff. Are you kidding me? I about died three times. I, I got stuck in the water. I had forced to fast. All my friends that forsook me, false brethren, all this stuff, perils in the water, perils in Oh my, just, I'm done. You know why Paul didn't quit? I'll tell you, one main reason Paul didn't quit is because he loved his Lord. And when you love God, it's very, very, very difficult for the devil to do anything to get you to quit. Yeah. You'd rather die than quit. Yeah. Light the fire. Right? I often wonder how Adam and Eve sinned. How, how, how could they doubt that God's way was the best way? They walked with him in the cool of the day. We were, I wrote a book a while back called I Love God More. That's the answer to temptation. When temptation starts coming your way, uh, say, I love God more. And <laughs> I help you to say no. And I was thinking, you know, how, how could they have doubted that God's way was the best way? How could Adam and Eve have sinned? I mean, they walked with him in the cool of the day. Well, same thing. How did some of the disciples of Jesus... They're, they're hearing the last words of the Lord. He had risen from the dead in holes in his wrists and his feet, alive and powerful, and says, I'm going to go to heaven. The Holy Ghost is going to come on you, and you're going to change this world. And as he's talking, the Bible says a cloud received him out of their sight, and Jesus floats up to heaven, and some doubted. Weird. How could you doubt? Jesus is floating up in front of their... And this is, this is way before hot air balloons and, and, and you know, holograms. <laughs> Jesus is physically floating up, and some are going, I don't believe it. Just shows you right there. Faith is not based on manifestations or circumstances. Faith is based on love. Interesting. Paul didn't quit. How many glad Jesus didn't quit? Right. And really the only one that had a moral right to say stop was him. I mean, he, he didn't have to get beaten. He did that for us. He didn't have to get crucified. He did that for us. He never sinned. We're the ones that sinned. We needed that ransom. We needed that sacrifice. If there's anyone who could have quit and had been a just moral thing, it was the Lord. He didn't quit. I, I personally sense by the Holy Spirit in my time fellowshipping with the Lord, Jesus almost died after the whipping, but he couldn't. He knew he had to go to the cross. Because if he didn't go to the cross, we would all be lost. He wanted to die after Pilate had him beaten. And you can see him struggling up the hill with the cross and, and, and falling and falling and, and Simon having to help out. And you can see, he, but he knew, I can't quit. I can't quit. There's too many people in the balance. I can't quit. And he, 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 he probably wished he would have died in the court of Pilate. If you ever saw the passion, that is a pretty good depiction of, of what the whipping was like. Yeah. I mean, many people died right there. He couldn't die. He couldn't quit right there. He had to get to the cross, fulfill scriptures, and to take his last breath. And he didn't quit for us. So what should we do when things get a little tough? 
Well, you know, that song was just a little too loud in church the other day. I'm going to find another church. You know, the pastor's wife just looked at me wrong, and I just didn't even see me. It's like she was mad or something. Oh, I don't know. I, that, that praise and worship leader, she's a little spunky. And, <laughs> and what? Get over it, she says. Get over it. You're learning. It's awesome. Come on, we can't, we, we can't quit, guys. We, we can't quit. Because there's rewards, there's blessings, we love the Lord. There's so many reasons we can't quit. So in closing, I'm going to just read this and we'll, we'll stop. Jesus, okay, if we quit, the devil wins. I actually had Keith Moore tell me that one time. He said, John, if you quit, the devil wins. I wanted to say, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, when you're pressured to quit something, it's like you start reasoning with this demonic reasoning that's so logical. Um, I said this, that the pressure to quit is the greatest when you are closest to the finish line. And, you know, some people, you know, they even despair of life itself. You know, they, they, don't, they don't even want to be here physically anymore. Why shouldn't they? Why, why should they not quit? Because all the despairing, all the depression can be fixed by running to the Lord. You know, the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they're safe. You can't mess around with some of the things. You better book, pull up your pants, and run. And quit this, well, I'll get to church sometime. And I know I got a brain tumor, but I'll, run, man. You're going to die. You need to run. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they're safe. Sometimes you just got to run. Leave all that doubt and reasoning behind. Just run. I'm going to church. Every time the doors open, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. Right? If temptation comes, you run the opposite direction, quoting scripture. Yeah. Take a hint from Joseph, right? <laughs> he didn't sit down, well, oh, honey, let's just sit down and talk about this. You know, I work for your master and I can't lie with you. I mean, come on. You don't converse with sin. You run. Quoting scripture, say, I will not have it. What does the Bible say? Flee fornication, not push it aside. Push it aside, it'll strangle you. You, you flee, you run, you quote scriptures, you bind the enemy, you crucify the flesh, and you don't quit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 